You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. We are going to continue our discussion that we started yesterday ranking the position groups in the AFC East. And while yesterday was centered on the offensive side of the football, today is about the defense. So we're going to do the exact same thing, rank each team one through four at each position group and determine where the Bills slot and obviously talk about the landscape of those position groups across the division. And it gives us a great opportunity to get up to speed with some of these division rivals and talk about some of the additions that they made this offseason. Before we get there, though, the Bills did sign a player, defensive tackle Trayvon Hester, on Thursday. And so let's talk about him very quickly. He's an interesting guy to me. Seventh-round pick out of Toledo by the Raiders in 2017. Played in 14 games with the Raiders as a rookie, over 30% of the snaps. In 2018, he was with the Eagles. Played in 12 games with one start, and I thought he played good. And I watched a good amount of the Raiders in... Uh, 2017 and the Eagles in 2018 and I thought Hester was an emerging player had some really positive flashes then he goes to the Washington football team in 2019 plays in 15 games didn't make much of an impact and then was basically out of football last year he got a chance to be on the Eagles practice squad late in the season but essentially he didn't play but as I mentioned I think he's overall a very interesting signing I enjoyed watching his tape at Toledo where You saw some athleticism, some penetration skills, some pass rush ability. I think you saw him show some of that with the Raiders as a rookie. And then watching him play with Philadelphia on that Super Bowl team, you know, I thought you saw a lot of flashes and some really good run defense in particular. Obviously, he blocked that kick, you know, the Cody Parkey double doink uh, kick, Bears, Eagles in the playoffs. Well, Hester was the guy that got a hand on that football and allowed them to win that game. So, I I think he's interesting, more of a three-tech than a one-tech. I really don't anticipate him being an answer behind Star Latule, and um, he'll have a a battle here to make this roster, but uh, I think he can make it interesting. I think he has a modest chance to at least be a practice squad-type player. I think the Bills are going to keep four defensive tackles. I think three of those spots are pretty much locked up in Star Latule, Ed Oliver, and Vernon Butler, and so he would have to beat out one of Harrison Phillips or Justin Zimmer for that job as the fourth defensive tackle. But I don't think it's that crazy to think that he's got a a puncher's chance in in competing and having a chance there. So uh, interesting player, and I don't think he's just a um, gloss-over type addition at this point in the process. I think he's got a chance to uh, potentially be a practice squad player that gets some run on the team. All right, so let's do it. Let's, uh, Let's rank the Bills and all the other AFC East teams for each defensive position group. Let's start with the interior defensive line. At number one, I have the New York Jets. Quinnen Williams, the number three pick in the draft from 2019. Goodness gracious, he came on last year. Showed you exactly why the Jets made him such a high selection. I think he's got a chance to be one of the best defensive tackles in the game. He started to show that last year. They also signed Sheldon Rankins, and I think this is one of the least discussed Really good signings that was made by any team in free agency. I mean, 
Rankins has had his share of injury issues, but when he's healthy, he's a stud. And I think in Williams and Rankins, the Jets may have the best pass-rushing pair of interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Really, really good group. And they have really solid depth in Fale Fadakasi and Nathan Shepard, two guys with a ton of athleticism and length. So I really like the makeup of the Jets' interior defensive line group, and I think it's the best in the division. Now, I'll say this, two through four, they are really, really tight. I think the Jets are clearly number one. But two, three, and four, it was this was the most difficult thing to stack because I don't think there's a whole lot that separates these three teams. At number two, I do have the Miami Dolphins. Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis, Zach Seiler, and Adam Butler. I think that is four really high-quality players. Wilkins, a former first-round pick, has been really good for them. You don't, you're not going to see a ton of production, sack numbers, tackles for loss, things like that from Wilkins, but that scheme doesn't lend itself very well to uh, interior defensive linemen getting a lot of production, but I think he's an assignment-driven player, high-character guy, great for the locker room, just overall a foundational piece of that roster and a good football player. Raquan Davis is really interesting. Um, Five-tech type player from Alabama. They beefed him up, and they have him playing nose tackle, and goodness gracious, he came on last year. I actually got a chance to see Raquan Davis when I was in South Florida at the HOA Combine. He was there working out, and he's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. And I don't mean like a sloppy 350-pound guy. I mean, this guy was just big and thick and muscular everywhere. I mean, just a massive human and um, he came on last year, and I think he'll take another step this coming year. And then Siler and Butler are really good depth pieces, so I, I like the makeup of this Dolphins interior defensive line group. And number three, I have the New England Patriots. Lawrence Guy, Henry Anderson, Devon Godchow, Dietrich Wise, and Christian Barmore. Lawrence Guy has really stepped up and become a very good player, an underrated player. Godchow is a reasonable starting one tech Weiss is a versatile guy that has good length and really fits their scheme. And then Barmore may have been the best defensive tackle in the class this past year. He's a rookie that the Patriots traded up for in the draft. And while I admit he has some very inconsistent tape, his high-level moments are special. I mean, really, really special. If you watch him in the college football playoffs last year, he was exceptional. And I think if you know he's motivated and, and coached up, he can really make some noise and become one of the better defensive tackles in the division. So it's not that I look at this Patriots defensive tackle group and say they've got a star player or anything like that, but I think they have a, a deep group of guys that I think fit what they want to do and don't have any glaring deficiency. So I think it's a good group. And number four, the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver, Starla Tule, Harrison Phillips, Vernon Butler, Justin Zimmer, Trayvon Hester. Obviously, if Ed Oliver takes a step this year and becomes the disruptive playmaking force that we think he can become, the Bills will shoot up this a lot, right? They could be that number two team potentially. Starla Tulele comes back and is a serviceable one tech. You know, that's going to be very helpful for the Bills defense. If those two things happen, the Bills defense is going to be in business. But then I still look at the depth pieces, and I don't expect much out of Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler. I think we know exactly what those players are in the NFL, and I think they're kind of below average, you know, just – Guys, they're they're Jags, just a guy, just rotational backups that don't really make much of a difference. So you're counting on this being a top-heavy group and those guys being everything they can be in Oliver and Latulule uh, because I don't think the Bills have a lot of great depth. 
at the defensive tackle position. So at number one, the Jets, two, the Dolphins, three, the Patriots, four, the Bills. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's move on to the edge rushers. At number one, the New England Patriots, Kyle Van Noy, Matthew Judon, Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, and then a rookie, Ronnie Perkins. Look, none of these guys are elite pass rushers, but they have a lot of depth here. They have a lot of upside in Winovich and Uche and Perkins. I think they have guys that you know exactly what you're getting in Van Noy and Judon. I mean, it is a really well-constructed group of edge rushers for the type of defense that the New England Patriots want to run. It's, it's a good group. There's no way around it. I think it's the best in the division. At number two, the Buffalo Bills, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham Jr. And I think you should throw F.A. Obata into this as well. I mean, the Bills have a nice group as well in terms of the construction of the depth chart. You have a couple of savvy veterans in Hughes and Addison. Hughes, I still think, is playing at a high level. You've got Epinesa, a second-year pick from 2020 that showed some flashes late in the season, especially after he got his body right in terms of being at the weight that the Bills want him to play at. And then your top two picks, Rousseau and Basham from this year's draft. Not to mention F.A. Obata, who I'm pretty high on. So you have a lot of youth suddenly at this Bills edge rusher situation and a couple of veterans in Hughes and Addison that have players behind them now that can take more snaps and allow Hughes and Addison to really eat on those money downs. Long and late, pass rush, pin your ears back, go get after them. They won't have to do as much early down work, and the Bills can really maximize the sack ability, the pass rush ability that exists with Hughes and Addison as they approach their mid-30s. At number three, the Miami Dolphins, Emmanuel Ogba, their first-round pick, Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Geekel, and Vince Beagle. I like Ogba and Phillips. I mean, I think Phillips has a chance to be a star in the NFL. From a physical skill perspective, He's got all the ability of a high first-round pick. However, there are some questions about you know what happened at UCLA and some character stuff and the fact that he once medically retired from football. But, I mean, he could come in and be a star if everything stays clicking for him. You know, Agba was a good player for them last year. But I think from a depth perspective, the Dolphins are kind of lacking. You know, I mean... Van Ginkle's a, a high-energy player. He'll play hard and give you, you know, an unrelenting motor, but you know, I don't think he has a very high ceiling. And Vince Beagle's another one of those players that's cut from that same cloth. So if Phillips realizes his ceiling early, Agba continues to play at a high level, they've got a nice one-two pair. I just don't see the depth here to challenge for what the Patriots and Bills have. At number four, the New York Jets, Carl Lawson, their lead pass rusher signed over from the Cincinnati Bengals. 
He's a nice player, but my goodness, they don't have much else. Bryce Huff, Jabari Zuniga, John Franklin Myers, Kyle Phillips. They got a bunch of Jags behind Carl Lawson. And so while this Jets defense looks really good on the interior defensive line, the edge rushing situation is pretty underwhelming. So for edge rushers, number one, the Patriots, two, the Bills, three, the Dolphins, and the Jets come in at number four. Let's move on to off-ball linebacker. At number one, I have the Buffalo Bills, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, A.J. Klein, Tyrell Adams, kind of your featured top four linebackers. Edmonds and Milano have the ability to be one of the best pair of off-ball linebackers in the game. We know what Milano is when he's healthy and how much he means to the team. And Edmonds, a two-time Pro Bowler already in his career, a guy that I think has all the ability in the world to be an elite player. Played injured last year. Obviously, the defensive line issues in front of him didn't help. Milano being injured didn't help. But what these guys are capable of in Sean McDermott's defense is pretty special. And when you stack it up against the rest of this division, that would be the pair that I'd want more than anything else that exists in the AFC East. I think the Bills got better when it comes to depth, bringing in Tyrell Adams and what he showed last year for the Houston Texans. A.J. Klein in a reduced role. You know, Hopefully he's not playing a high percentage of snaps again this year. You get the most out of him in a you know, 10 to 20% of the snaps type role. Not to mention Tyler Medikavich. Yeah, I think the Bills should have high expectations for their linebackers this year. And number two, the Miami Dolphins. They traded for Bernardrick McKinney from the Houston Texans. They sent Shaq Lawson to Houston, got back Bernardrick McKinney, which is exactly that downhill thumper type player that a Brian Flores, Bill Belichick style defense has to have. So they have their downhill thumper, their plug in McKinney, and then Jerome Baker is that more pursuit style speed guy, space type linebacker to play alongside him. And he's in a contract year, so I know Jerome Baker will want to show out this year, and I'm sure they have pretty high expectations for that duo behind this improved defensive line. Then their backups, Duke Riley and Alandon Roberts. You know, I don't think overly highly of either player, but both are athletic, and when you think about that speed dynamic and Brian Flores and his history of scheming up stuff and maximizing talent defensively, you know, those guys have a chance to flash. But this is about McKinney and Baker, and it's a pretty good group. And number three, the New York Jets, C.J. Mosley. I mean, he's their lead guy. We'll see, right? I mean, we know what he was for the Ravens, a really, really good player, but he's coming off of opting out of last season, you know, was injured right away his first year with the Jets. So we haven't really seen this guy play in three years. So it'll be interesting to see what he has, but you know, if he's like he was in Baltimore, he's a really good player. Gerard Davis, a former first-round pick of the Lions, he comes over in free agency on a one-year deal, and I like Davis, and I thought he was part of a bad defense in Detroit and didn't quite live up to the expectations of being a first-round pick, but I don't think he's a total lost cause. I think he's a reasonable player. And then their depth linebacker is Blake Cashman, um, has gotten a chance to play a decent amount with Mosley opting out and some of the injuries that they've had. I think he's a reasonable third linebacker. And then a couple of uh, rookies that they drafted in Jamie and Sherwood and Hamsa Nasruddin to kind of be the, the the depth that linebacker. And number four, the New England Patriots. I'm not a big fan of this group at all. Uh, Deonta Hightower is back after opting out. 
I mean, he's a very limited downhill type player. He can't play in space. He doesn't have range. You don't love him in coverage. I know he means a lot from a leadership perspective and an alignment perspective, but he's kind of a boring player to me. And then Jawan Bentley and Anthony Jennings and Therese Hall. Oh, man, that's really poor. Jawan Bentley's been a disaster. I don't think Jennings is an off-ball linebacker at all. I think he's an edge. And then Therese Hall is a replacement-level player. I think I think the Patriots are really, really hurting themselves by not having more talent at linebacker. And to me, they're the worst linebacking core in the division. So at linebacker, I have the Bills at one, the Dolphins at two, the Jets at three, and the Patriots very clearly at number four. So you should know by now that we're running a contest throughout the month of May. You are going to have a chance to win the Buffalo Bills jersey of your choice And the way you do that is by listening to the podcast. And throughout that, you will know that there are 21 episodes of Locked On Bills in the month of May. And I have a nine-word sentence that I will periodically drop the next word of throughout the course of the month. After I've delivered all nine words to you, you're going to have the full sentence. And when you have it, send an email to joe at thedraftnetwork.com with the full sentence correctly written, and you will be entered into a drawing, and the winner receives the Bills jersey of their choice. I released the first word on Monday, May 3rd. The last word is coming on May 27th. The other seven words will be released and have been released at random throughout the month. So you need to keep track of the words so that you can correctly submit the sentence and be entered into the drawing. I'm going to do the drawing on Instagram Live on June 2nd, which is my birthday. So you will have from May 27th after the episode is published until June 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern time to send me the email with the full sentence to be entered into the drawing, which I will do live on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is the underscore Joe Marino. And the idea here is to have fun with the most loyal listeners to the podcast that listen every day. If you have questions, hit me up on Twitter or email. Let's give you that sixth word. The sixth word is designed. The sixth word is designed. D-E-S-I-G. N-E-D, designed. All right, so let's do cornerbacks. The best cornerback group in the division and amongst the best in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard. They signed Justin Coleman to be their slot corner, and I think he's got a lot of ability. Noah Igbenogany, one of their first-round picks from 2020, he's entering year two. And they also signed Jason McCourty who's a reliable veteran in the NFL and a very good football player. They've got star power in Jones and Howard. They've got a really good slot player in Coleman. They've got outstanding depth in McCourty and Igbenogany. Good mix of veterans and young players. I mean, that's that's an exceptional cornerback depth chart. The New England Patriots I have at number two, and they've got an awesome group too. Stephon Gilmore. For now, maybe he'll get traded, maybe not, but, I mean, he's their top corner, and he's exceptional. J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones, who are studs. They signed Jalen Mills to come over from the Eagles, and they have Joan Williams, who's a a matchup-specific long press guy. But Gilmore, Jackson, and Jones, I mean, goodness gracious, that's that's as good as it gets when it comes to your two outside starters in your slot corner. Not to mention Mills is a nice depth player. So the... The top two cornerback rooms in this division are really, really good with the Dolphins and Patriots, and I think within the landscape of the NFL, those are exceptional 
depth charts, not not just from the perspective of the AFC East. And number three, I do have the Bills. Trey White, who's probably the best corner in the division, but there's just not enough with him to challenge for what the Patriots and Dolphins have. Levi Wallace, Teron Johnson in the slot. Dane Jackson is the primary backup outside. Saran Neal, a special teams guy, and Rashad Wild Goose, a rookie out of Wisconsin's sixth-round pick. So you guys know all about this Bills cornerback depth chart. If there was another quality option, if Steven Nelson were to be added to this group, I mean, they could challenge for what New England has. But right now, that player's not here, and uh, it's third in the division. At number four, the New York Jets. And this is this is not just number four in the division. This is the worst cornerback depth chart I've seen in the NFL in years. I mean, it's definitely the worst in the NFL right now, but I don't remember looking at cornerback depth charts previously in recent history and seeing a worse group than this. Blessuan Austin, Bryce Hall, Havelin Guidry, Lamar Jackson, Michael Carter, Jason Pinnock. I mean... These guys, honestly, are not NFL starters. There's not a single NFL starter that I just named. Cornerback is a premium position, and the Jets said, you know what, we'll deal with that some other day. I mean, I give them a lot of credit for what's happened with their roster. They got a lot better at wide receiver. They got better at quarterback. Their defensive line is better. But my goodness, this corner situation is just awful. All right, so at corner, I have it Dolphins 1, Patriots 2, Bills 3, Jets 4. The last position group that we are going to dig into is safety. At number one, the Buffalo Bills. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, I'll take that pair of safeties over anyone in the NFL. And if you think that I have fan goggles on and that's a homer take, they're absolutely in the top three. I mean, that's an elite pair of of starting safeties. The depth, eh, right? <laughs> Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin, eh. But that safety tandem, that starting safety tandem of Poyer and Hyde is outstanding. At number two, the New York Jets. They brought back Marcus May. Ashton Davis is a draft pick from 2020 that I think is going to be a really nice one-high center fielder type player for them. And then LaMarcus Joyner was signed in free agency versatile guy that can play, you know, kind of in the slot, cover one robber type stuff, a uh, nice little player. So Megan Davis is the, you know, the 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 appeal here, but Joyner's a nice little third safety for them as well. And number three, the New England Patriots, Devin McCourty, a stalwart for them in the secondary. Kyle Duggar, their top pick from last year. Uh, Adrian Phillips and Joshua Bledsoe. I, I think after McCourty, it's fair to say that there's questions. Phillips is a decent player, but we don't know who Duggar is yet in the NFL. And Bledsoe's a rookie as well. I like the potential of this group, but outside of McCourty, I think there's a lot of unknowns here. And then at number four, the Miami Dolphins. This group has a chance to be a lot better. I think they could challenge to be number two by the time this year is over. But again, it's it's a couple of young players that really have to prove themselves before we can say that. Uh, They have Eric Rowe who is probably the best tight end matchup guy in the NFL. You know, he's he's the guy that you want to have on your roster to give you a chance against tight ends. He's really good at it. Uh, Brandon Jones, third-round pick that they took last year out of, out of uh, Texas. Um, decent player, showed some promise. He'll have a bigger role this year. 
Javon Holland was one of their second-round picks this past year out of Oregon. If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd be pretty excited about him. Uh, very, in, very instinctive player, always around the football, exceptional ball skills, can play everywhere, a lot of versatility with him. Um, I'm anxious to see how he acclimates and what type of role he can claim in year one because I think he's got a chance to be one of the better safeties in this division and you know one of the better safeties in the NFL. So you notice Bobby McCain's no longer part of this group. Uh, his run as a free safety for them is over, and so you're going to see Holland probably claim a, a big role early on for this football team. And who knows, maybe McCordy will get some run at safety as well. So at safety, I have it Bills 1, Jets 2, Patriots 3, and Dolphins 4. So let's look at this in totality by averaging out where I ranked each team for each position group to give us an idea of where these defenses rank one through four. So if you take where I gave the Bills, like they're two at edge, four at interior defensive line, one at linebacker, three at corner, one at safety, that averages out to be a 2.2. For the Dolphins, I have them at 2.4. For the Patriots, I have them at 2.6. And the Jets, it's at 2.8. So you can see these defenses are stacked very, very tightly. Now, just like yesterday when we talked about the offense, the Bills were number one in quarterback by a lot. That didn't help them. It's just a pure average. So if you were to put some positional value into this, you know, the Jets are pretty tight at 2.8, but their cornerback situation is so bad, like they should be docked for that. You know, stuff like that. The Patriots linebackers are so underwhelming, you know, it, it should be moved. A little bit. So um, it's tight on defense. I still have the Bills with cumulatively with the highest average at 2.2, but the Bills were decisively the best offense, but the defensive situation is a little bit closer. So now when you take all the position groups that we did, offense and defense, and average it out, I have the Bills number one. With an average rank of two and even two, I have the Patriots at number two. Their average rank is 2.3. I have the Dolphins at number three. Their average rank is 2.5. And I have the Jets at number four. Their average rank is a 3.2. So by this measurement, I have the Bills as the best team in the division. Again, pretty tight between the Dolphins and Patriots for two and three and the Jets still at the bottom. Now, we are going to spend some more time in this type of discussion, but extend it to the AFC in general. I'm going to give you my AFC power rankings next week and talk about where I think the Bills slot, where the rest of the division slots, and where the whole conference slots. So we can really not only laser in on where I think the Bills position themselves within the division, but within the conference as the Bills have high hopes for the 2021 season coming off a year where they were a game away from being in the Super Bowl. So that will be a fun conversation. We will start next week. I hope that you will subscribe. I hope you won't miss it. Come back and see us. I'm looking forward to next week, hopefully not having to deal with allergies like I have this week on the podcast. I'm not sure if you noticed that in my voice, but uh, there were some challenging moments and, and a lot of um, you know allergy-type stuff to, to work through this week on the podcast. So hopefully uh, – the next week is kinder to me when it comes to that front. All right, folks, I hope you enjoy your weekend, 
and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.